Good evening, folks, and welcome back to yet another episode of South of the Cheddar Curtain. As always, it's your boy Devin Hine sitting across from the table from the man, the myth, the legend himself. You want to say hi to the folks, Luke Mueller. Hello, folks. Guys, I am so happy to be back. We're going to get into all of our draft picks. Mm-hmm. But first, first, I have to come clean about something. We were supposed to have an episode last week. We were pre-draft, day before the draft. We were we were hyped, we were ready, we were excited. We were, we were very excited. excited. Yep. We're all human beings. We all have flaws. And mm-hmm. I got my days of work mixed up. So I thought I was supposed to be working Thursday. It turns out I was working Wednesday. So we didn't get one more show out before the draft. Rookie move, but I forgive you. Thank you, sir. All about forgiveness, right? Absolutely. Team effort. So the big topic of the show that day Mm -hmm. would have been a very important free agent signing. Yeah, pretty much the only real one we've had so far. Do you want to take a deeper dive for the folks, Luke? Yeah, so obviously we picked up Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins, right? Former, I believe, fourth overall pick in 2014 to your Buffalo Bills. Indeed, indeed. Um, At the time, freak athlete of a wide receiver coming out of Clemson. Mm-hmm. Uh, fast, tall, strong, everything you want as a wide receiver. And he's had some injuries since then, so he's not quite the the athlete he used to be. But he still brings a lot to the table, I think. I'm going to counter you on that right away. Okay. All right, so Sammy Watkins, he does turn 29 in June. So yeah, it feels like he's at least 35. But... Right, he's been in the league forever. It feels like he has had injuries, mm-hmm. like you've said. Mm-hmm. What I think of him... He's somebody that I think of traditionally as a burner. Yeah. You go back and watch the film, especially this past year in Baltimore. He's showing a lot more savvy veteran moves, you know, getting open on broken plays, better uh, repertoire of the route tree. His career average catch, like per catch, Mm -hmm. is 14.5. Okay. What do you think it was last year? Uh, we'll see. I, I have another little point here, so I feel like I'm going to be cheating a little bit, but I'll go uh, 16.2. 14.6. Okay. So I guess I mean, we're right on target. Yeah, it's it's about the same that he's been. I'm not saying that he's going to come in and be like a 900-yard receiver guy. I think some Packer fans you know, saw the signing and were afraid, like, oh, like that's not going to replace Devontae Adams. We're not going to replace Devontae it's Adams. just not happening. With one person. Nope. We're not. What we have picked up, is a guy that can give us, you know, 300, 400 yards, kind of like what Randall Cobb did last year. Okay. Savvy veteran. And apparently he's into like the higher being stuff. Oh, yeah. Like the yeah. meditation and whatnot, which, hey, all for mental health, super important, not just for our Packers, but for all of our listeners out there. Take care of yourselves. Aaron Rodgers loves the mental stuff. They, they could definitely be in the same little spiritual world, potentially. Yeah. I think they're going to have great chemistry from day one. I hope so. Now, on the flip side, I've also read things where he thought he was literally a lizard. So we have some competition between him and Lizard King, Alan Lazard. So that could be interesting. Maybe we have a lizard package with just those two out there. Realistically, right, that's probably going to be a lot of packages this year. It's just those two. Um, is the offense just like Jurassic Park? Is it that, might be Is that going to be a formation we call? I really, It really should be. Um we got the two lizards. We got Big Dog. I mean, we're good to go. We got some characters. We do. Which, who doesn't love characters, man? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody loves animals. So, uh, one other thing I would like to bring up is he actually had one of the highest um, speeds reached last season. 
Oh. Yeah, I believe he was at 21, 22 miles per hour. Okay. The fastest, I believe, was uh, Tyreek Hill, but he had one of the top five. So he still has the Jets on occasion. Yeah. I mean, he's not he's not the athlete he was at one point. Maybe now you're looking at him running more like a 4-4-5, four, 4-5, four, five, four, five, somewhere in that range. Um, but that's also Devontae's speed. So I think he has a little bit more top-end burn than a lot of our wide receivers, even now at this age. But he's definitely not quite the deep threat he used to be but the other part of Sammy Watkins right is he is always hurt always like he'll come out that's the joke on the internet right now he'll come out he's gonna have like 300 receiving yards in the first game everyone's gonna pick him up on fantasy and he's gonna have a hamstring issue that runs for eight weeks I was just gonna say his hampering hamstrings all the time all the time and I read an article on him that's kind of an interesting profile from a couple years back when he was with the Chiefs and he was pretty open about the lack of care he had when he was younger. So those days in Buffalo, he would just go out drinking every night, just kind of run his body into the ground. And he knows he's paying for that at this point, Mm -hmm. that he would be in better shape. He would be a better athlete if he had taken care of himself. So that's a lot of self-awareness, but I mean, that points to exactly what you're dealing with. I mean, maybe he didn't rehab from all those injuries as hard as he could have, because he did have a lot of injuries when he was younger. At this point, it's mostly nagging things, but he had some pretty big ones early on. So we'll, we'll kind of see what we get. I'm a little more hopeful than you are, I think. I'm hoping for more like seven, 800 yards, I think, hopefully. If he can stay healthy, I think that's probably the range we're talking in. And the biggest part with him is he's an ex-receiver, right? He's which a boundary guy. I was just going to say, for our listeners at home, is a boundary receiver, which we are in desperate need of. Because we have... Lazard, who actually plays inside as a big slot, probably more than he plays outside. So we going into the draft, right, before Sammy Watkins, we had Lazard, who's basically a big slot. Mm-hmm. We have Randall Cobb, who's a little slot. We have Amari, who's a little slot. You need two other people that are tall on the outside, or at least taller, that are capable of playing those positions. And Sammy Watkins fills, fills one of those needs right away. Definitely. I mean, I think... Like you said, it is all about whether he can stay healthy and on the field. I think it is a, I want to say underwhelming, but not getting the coverage that it should because of the reputation with his hamstrings. Yeah. I was there when he was in Buffalo, and when that guy was on, he was on. He was electric. Mm -hmm. I think him, plus all the receiver pieces that we added in the draft— we're going to have some fun with this offense. I think we're going to be all right. Yeah, I think we're going to be just fine. And we'll get into each of those pieces a little bit, obviously, because the rest of this episode will be about the draft. Indeed it is. Um, but we didn't really want to skip over Sammy Watkins because that's the receiver people have been asking for, right? Like, we knew we were going to sign somebody. We just didn't know who. You know, Julio, Jarvis, Landry, um, Will Fuller, Sammy Watkins, right? Those are kind of the names you're, you're hearing. A.J. Green. Sammy Watkins, 29, he still may have a little left here, and hopefully we can see that play out. Definitely, and I think it's important, too, that we started with this because, you know, like we've said for the last few episodes, talking about going into the draft, what our Mm -hmm. needs look like is affected by what we did in free agency. Right. So maybe the Sammy Watkins play, his addition had a little bit what to do you know, change what we did in the first round. Yeah, and I think it gives you a little bit more flexibility so you're not feeling like you necessarily have to reach on a wide receiver or something like that. 
uh, at least not one that plays that position. Yeah, definitely. Because right. that was the X receiver was a definite need X and somebody, you know, who can take the top off of the defense like right. Marquez could. Not saying he's as fast as Marquez, but he he's, is the fastest receiver we have on our team now. Yeah. Yeah, I would say straight line speed. He's definitely the best deep threat. At least he was the pre-draft. fastest receiver pre-draft. Pre-draft. Definitely a caveat there, yeah. Big caveat. Capital C? Caveat with a C? Yeah. Beautiful. To the draft. To the draft. Let's go. How about uh, you lead us through the first round? Because I was not super stoked on, no. on Guti going down to Georgia. No. No, I, I like what you did there. Uh, so we have a group chat with us and, and JP and one of our good friends. and Also, and- also... Guest host on the guest show. Guest host. Guest host on the show. Yes, I would big, be remiss. Big part of the family. That. Much love to you, JP. Absolutely. So uh, we have a group chat that we go back and forth about all things Packers and pretty much nothing else in. And Devin was slowly, probably not that slowly, losing his mind during the first round. Guilty. Right? Because there was a lot going on. If we if we back up a little bit, everything that was going on. You had the Hollywood Brown trade, right? You had the AJ Brown trade. All yeah, the Browns man. left, basically. I was thinking about you big time during that trade. I know that one hurt, honestly, because that didn't feel like that much capital. But you got to look at the bigger picture. They gave him four years, $100 million. We weren't going to do that. Of course not. It right? just That's... felt like a weird move, especially yeah. if I may jump on. Yep. Yeah. You know, we're talking about last week, mm-hmm. or last episode, the comparisons. Him and Traylon Burks. Him and Traylon Burks. Yep. You know, Traylon Burks is more of a Metcalf. We're not going to go back there tonight. But, you know... Any rookie takes time to develop. Correct. So (laughs) the Titans just like got a crappier sounds mean, but a will be less productive AJ Brown for this season. Yep. While they're in their playoff window, essentially. So that was kind of an odd move, but I think, you know, money, right? That's the only reason you would do that. I did find that super interesting because. I don't think Traylon Burks is actually going to be as good as A.J. Brown. I, as much as I like him, like A.J. Brown is really good at football. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was really interesting. And the fact that they literally just took the closest thing they could find to a carbon copy was fascinating. Um, so you have that, right? You had the run of receivers from, what was that, like 8 to 18, basically. And those 10 picks, six of them went. Yeah, when Washington took Dotson, I looked at the TV and I... Definitely said a few swear words because I was like, oh, God, like, here we go. If you're to the point of taking Dotson, who I definitely would not personally have taken in the first round. He's too little. He's a little guy, right? And nothing against that. I was going to say, Luke, nothing against it, man. But for our Packers receivers, we need some taller people. Correct. Correct. Yeah, as as I told our friend JP, I needed people taller than him. He kept... Sending us people that he liked that were like five eight to five ten. I was like, no, dude, we need a tall receiver or at least someone six foot and above would be nice. Yeah, we talked about before. You we know, did putting Randall Cobb on the outside just doesn't work unless Chris Conti is covering him. Then it's fine. Yeah, then it's fine. If you see Chris Conti out on the field, do whatever you want. Put put Amari Rogers out there. Yeah, I don't no, care. No, we'll still win. Dominic Daphne, even. Oh, that might be a stretch. Oof. That might be a stretch. Okay, right. So, so Devin was not in good place. Lots of lots of swear words that I'm not going to repeat on this show were said. Um, I think more so after the picks. I mean, I wasn't happy people receivers right. were flying off the board, but it was more in response to 
what we did and what my mindset was correct. at the time. Correct, because right naturally, all those receivers come off. Good talent's dropping. Mm-hmm. Talent is dropping, right? Because it kind of came out that we really only had six receivers with a round one grade on, which I guess ended up being kind of questionable. And apparently Rodgers knew that, which he I'm did. really happy they had that communication. Great communication. It's what we've been asking for for a couple of years now. Healthy relationships, all about communication, well done Packers. Right. So once Dotson goes, yeah, and then once the A.J. Brown trade happens, you already know that we're not taking a wide receiver at 22. I already knew at that point. It's like, we're not going to take Pickens that high. We're not going to take Watkins that high, Watson that high. Nobody's worth 22 left, right? So we're going to, at least that was my thought process. We're going to do something on defense. Felt early for an offensive lineman, but you never know, right? That's where my head went. I went maybe edge rusher, safety. I was thinking Lewis Seen with one of those two picks. That's kind of where my head was at. You know, I'm a Dax Hill guy. We talked about this last time, but something like that. Either one would have been great. Especially Jermaine Johnson falling. He was somebody I was really looking at at 22 at that point. And we didn't do that, Devin, did we? No, sir. No, we did not. So instead, we took Georgia linebacker, uh, 22 overall, Quay. Why? Can't read my hand on you. Walker. Walker. Quay Walker. My apologies for not being able to read, folks. Quay Walker, outside linebacker at Georgia. This inside Georgia, linebacker. Inside linebacker. Thank you. This Georgia defense was like everybody in the front seven drafted. It feels like it. Um. Yep. Pretty much. I believe so. Right. You had Trevon Walker went number one. Jordan Davis went in the teens. Uh, Quay Walker went. Uh, Kobe Dean went in the third round. I think Trindle, their other linebacker, went at some point. And then we Lewis took Wyatt. went. Wyatt went. Yeah. So I see this draft pick of an inside linebacker, and Georgia has two of them that were pretty high prospects, right? N'Kobe Dean generally was thought of as being higher, right? Agreed. So not only do you have that, like, why are we taking the lesser of the two linebackers? But I'm thinking, listen, we just re-signed Devondre Campbell. Yeah. And Chris Barnes is no slump yeah he doesn't suck so like where is this guy gonna play was my thought like what what are we doing why right it is not a position of need since then i've i've backtracked a little bit right i've gone to watch some film this man can fly like sideline to sideline he is a freak he's an incredible athlete right i'm just gonna list off a couple of the metrics here six four two forty twenty one years old we know goot loves some Young guys early in the first round, mm-hmm. four five two forty yard dash and a nine point six six RAS score. So, what a RAS score is for anybody that doesn't know is a relative athletic score. So they put in a bunch of several metrics, right? It's like eight nine metrics: height, weight, um, wingspan, hand size. They put in their forty yard dash, their ten yard split in the forty yard dash, their twenty yard split, their three cone drill, their short shuttle drill, so some agility drills in there. And they put all that together, and out comes an overall athletic score. Mm-hmm. So you can compare people from different years, different positions, to see how they kind of match up athletically anyways. Obviously, skill's a whole different ball game, but the RAS score is kind of used. And Green Bay, I doubt, uses exactly the RAS score, but they seem to use something very similar because they seem to always enjoy high RAS score players. Mm-hmm. And 9.66 is incredible. I heard a stat today that his 40 time was faster than Devontae's. It was. So when we made the pick, 
as we've talked about, I was very upset. You are not right? a happy camper. I have mentioned so many times my thought that we need a third safety. Yeah. We the, both talked about it in the mock draft, right? That's why we took Lewis C and I took Dax Hill. You know, you're talking about third and long. You usually have, you know what, three corners, three safeties, One. and a linebacker, and then four pass rushers, right? Yep. Unless you do some sort of weird blitz. That's but generally, yeah. It's genuinely the setup. Four one six. Yep. What if what if you can get a player at linebacker who is just as athletic as the third safety would be mm-hmm. bigger six mm-hmm. four can apparently run with the best receiver in football yep maybe that would work maybe you could just go nickel instead and you don't need a third safety and somebody should relax off their hot take that was the epiphany i came to i also believe that's kind of what i told you that night i was like hey man we're just gonna play with more linebackers i think the big thing here was us and, and a lot of other people saw the need at third safety, right? We didn't really think about the fact that we were only playing three safeties because we didn't trust two linebackers. If you have two linebackers you trust, you're only going to play two safeties. Exactly. And Mr. Quay Walker, you go watch his highlights. Most of his highlights are rushing the passer. Like this guy gets after it. Which is interesting because I kind of think that's where he's going to end up. Early in his career, anyways, or at least be the most impactful. Some people have kind of talked about him as being budget Micah Parsons, potentially. Right? I don't think we're going to use him exactly like that, but maybe. If you're doing a zone blitz, I mean, I. He's a great guy to send love on. Love Devondre it. Campbell. But yeah, just go send Quay. Yep. He looks like a man possessed when he's after the quarterback, and I love to see it. Now, the interesting thing about him in college, right? He wasn't the best linebacker on the field. Nicobe Dean was the leader of the defense, right? Mm-hmm. Was a potential number or round one draft pick. Slipped to the third because I guess he had some injury issues that we didn't, the general public was not really uh, informed about as much, but teams knew about it. Had At least pack. us as Packers media. Correct. Yeah, we maybe, were not informed. maybe somebody could have, but you're right. Us as Packers media did not know, right? So, plus he's a little undersized, yada, yada, yada. This guy's prototypical size. I mean, he's perfect. He's huge. He's his comp is Devontae Campbell. Anyways, we're getting off topic. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish my thought here. What's interesting about him is he wasn't the best linebacker. Some people had him third, behind Trindle, the other linebacker. And he didn't make splash splash plays, right? He had no interceptions. He didn't have any forced fumbles. Kind of an empty stat line outside of tackles. Not somebody you necessarily assume be a first-round pick. However, however, we know that Goot absolutely loves crazy athletes in the first round. That's what he drafts. Jair, right? Savage. Gary is probably the closest comp to Quay because Gary didn't have great production in college, but he was a freak athlete, and you want to project those, those skills to the next level, and I think that's what they did with Quay. That is a beautiful comparison that you made. The next morning, that's what I was thinking. I was like, you know what? When we took Rashawn Gary, I was a little bit like, what are we doing? You know, and he has quickly become one of my favorite players on the Packers. Exactly. Just a physical specimen. And I mean, he took over that NFC uh, divisional game. He and did. was dominating last season. Imagine having a couple guys like that with that kind of motor. So despite my 
early hesitation. I mean, th- this whole first round, like him, and then we'll get to Wyatt next. This is just, like, in my mind, it's in good accounts we trust. Yeah, that's what we have to do, right? So, like I said, Gary's the guy. Gary's the comp. In a couple of years, that's when we're really going to know what we have in Kuwait. I think he'll start day one, probably, especially off ball, because he's not going to have to be the guy with the dot on his helmet. He's not going to have to be the one getting everybody lined up. He's just going to be there, see the ball, get the ball. That's going to be his job. And with the departure of Oren Burks, we did see a few times where we would have three linebackers on the field. And like Oren Burks had success on some blitzes. That's a good call. He did rush the passer a decent amount this this past year. I'm really excited for when teams try to go heavy against us. We'll get into more of this when we talk about Mr. Wyatt with our next pick. But I mean, if you're bringing out like three traditional linebackers, you know, you could have Campbell. Mr. Walker and then Mr. Barnes. Good luck. You're going to get thumped. Yeah, like, you're going to get hit. I really hope that their running backs have life insurance policies. <laughs> Good luck. Any more? You're thoughts? in for a rough day. Not really. Just I mean, he's a he's kind of a raw player. Like you said, he fits the Gudikins mold of a, of an early draft pick. Very raw, very athletic. Um, interesting to see us put so much emphasis on inside linebacker if we haven't after we haven't for decades at this point outside of AJ Hawk. Before we move off of this, the one text that you sent that did make me smile that night, do you know what it was? I do not. You said, Devin, do you know what this means? We took another linebacker. Oh yeah. This is goodbye, Ty Summers. <laughs> I can only hope. You will not see him on the field. Hopefully. We can all only hope. We can. All right. Let's get to let's get to the next. Let's get to the big boy. So 28. 28. We take Devontae Wyatt, another Georgia Bulldog, part of that absolutely insane front that they had. Yep. And I see the pick. And again, I'm thinking, what are we doing? Because, you know, we have Kenny and we've been trying to get Kenny Clark help. And I understand that. But we already did that. Jerron Reed, the guy we picked up, the defensive tackle from Seattle is a stud so i'm like what are we doing what are we doing and then i went and i watched the film and this guy is 63 over 300 so you think he's just gonna be a run stuffer right right right. just just eat up bodies like mr lancaster would do even though you know lancaster got better last year yeah yeah. that that was still the majority of his game you don't think of someone who can benefit you defending the pass and getting after the passer no this guy is athletic he can get by people with a quick first step i saw him on a few plays like quarterbacks are break contain right with georgia's crazy defensive line you got these kids running for their lives Mm -hmm. and this 300 pound man was catching them from behind he's fast so just, just think for a second about it in, in passing situations. Yeah. If you can have, I mean, Kenny, who we love so dearly, but we feel never gets enough respect or the sacks or anything because he's double, triple teamed. You got Kenny, you got another big guy who can shoot a gap, plus Gary or Preston, or you send Quay on some weird blitz. I mean, mm-hmm. the options that we have on defense, like you said that night, man, I'm getting excited. You should. I mean, because we are adding so much athletic talent on that side of the ball. And the interesting thing is we're clearly focusing on defense, right? 
they could have force fed some offensive talent here in the first round, but they didn't. Mm-mm. They said, hey, board didn't fall to us that way. You know what we're going to do? We're going to go make the top three defense in the league. And at this point, it feels like that's what needs to happen because we've already run down most of the people on the defense. This defense needs to be incredible at this point with the amount of resources we put into it and the athletes we have. So you're talking about his athleticism, right? He ran a 477 at 304 pounds. It's just not real. No. How and, is that possible? And he got overshadowed because of Jordan Davis, right? Because Jordan Davis also ran in the four sevens at another, at like 6'6", 330 or whatever he was, mm-hmm. which is absolutely mind-boggling. But a 300-pound dude running 477 is also incredible. RAS score, 9.6. Just an insane athlete. And my favorite part, I think, was the fact that, you know, af- after we draft these people, you're looking up, at least I do, like, comps like what does this person look like who does this person look like right first pick quay walker comp devondre campbell nice beautiful we like him i love i'll say it i'll use i'll use the big word go for it (laughs) it's a big step for you devin Uh, honest bro (laughs) devante Wyatt. look up nfl comp hit me kenny clark we could have two Kennys. Can I get emotional on the show, or is that not allowed in the offseason? <laughs> Clearly, he's not going to walk in and be as good as Kenny Clark. And we drafted Kenny Clark when he was like 13 years old, it feels like. <laughs> he was like 20 or 21. <laughs> yeah, he was He was 20. So the fact that Devontae White is an older prospect, Kenny Clark's only two years older than him, older than Devontae White. He's been in the league like five years at this point. But if you can have two people that have similar skill sets, what I mean by that is clearly big guys stop the run. Kenny Clark does a great job of that. Devontae Wyatt did a good job of that. But both of them have that kind of set them apart from a lot of nose tackles or other defensive tackles, depending on the scheme, is the fact that they can be disruptive in the backfield. They can penetrate, right? Yeah, on like outside runs, you can shoot that gap and completely blow it up. And the best way to kill a passing play is pressure right up the middle. right? You You get that center guard backing up in that quarterback's face, they're done. Step on the quarterback's ankle. That, I mean, sack. They don't. They know something. how to step up and around and kind of through the outside pressure. That pressure in their face. Now they can't see anything. And then when they're going to be, you know, hypersensitive to that pressure up front, they're going to retreat on back, and all of a sudden, oh my God, boom! There's Rashawn Gary. Exactly. Or oh my God, what's up, Preston or Mr. Garvin or or Tifa, whoever. Yep. Good luck, man. Like you were saying, we're so excited for defensive football. It's because we saw those flashes last year, right? Where we had a couple games, that Seahawks game, we're like, man, this defense is incredible. As painful as San Fran was in the playoffs, dude. They played amazing. It was one of the most beautiful defensive performances I have ever seen. And next year, because of uh, Wyatt and Walker, we should see a lot more of them. The one thing I want to add about the addition of Wyatt is we saw this a little bit with Tyler Lancaster last year, where we would put... Lancaster on the nose where Kenny was, yep. and then we'd go put Kenny Clark up against like a tackle. Good and he, luck. And he'd eat their lunch. Yep. I was thinking we could do that with Jerron Reed potentially, which we still could. Or oh, we can definitely do that with Devontae Wyatt. Right. Why don't, right. Why don't we have a 3 4 where we have all three of them? That's a lot of beef up J- there. Just good luck. Yeah. That's going to be rough. Goal line defense? Could be those third three. and short? Maybe Dean Lowry out there too? Oh, man. They're going to feast. Yeah, now you're talking about Dean Lowry being potentially the third, maybe him and Reed, depending, third, fourth best defensive lineman, not 
number two behind Kenny. Coming off of a five-sack season. A great season. Great again, season for him. With all these guys, you know, no. we're going to be fresher in the rotation. But exactly. That also compounds, right? Because then you're fresher. You are pressuring the offensive line yep. more. They're going to be more tired. Yep. I mean, I think our sacks should go through the roof. I think we're getting a lot of interior pressure this year, largely due to him. And, and I just love that he's a disruptor. He's not just a, a gap filler like so many big guys because of that athleticism. Who even knows how to use it? So that's I love it. I'm super excited for this defense. On to day two. Oh, day two. Day two is a good day. Day two. Let's talk about some irony on day two, folks. I'm here for it. So, you know, a lot of a lot of former Packers go to other teams in the division, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the Bears just took EQ. They took Lucas Patrick. The Vikings are notorious for it, right? You got Favre, Greg Jennings, mm-hmm. Darren Sharper. It's kind of their thing. I'm sure there's 10 other names that I'm missing, and I'll beat myself up about it later. Zadarius. Oh, yeah, Zadarius. How could I forget? He's a traitorous now. So, we trade both of our second-round picks to the Minnesota Vikings to get, what, 34 overall? 34. And we pick the doctor, Mr. Christian Watson. North Dakota State University, and I am predicting that he will have several house calls this year. Oh God! You Thank were, you how long were you waiting to do that? That's oh, you you think that I prepped for a show and didn't come up with cheesy nicknames for people, right, Luke? So, so just everybody at home, Devin has a notebook next to him, and I guarantee if I look at that after the show, that will be written down somewhere. Hundred <laughs> percent guarantee. But uh, I mean, this guy, right? The comp is Marquez. Uh, it's, I don't think that's uh, a good comp. I was going to say, we may know, we might have heard on the show, kind of liked Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Obsessed. This guy can do so much more, it's not even funny. Take it over, Luke. Okay, so Christian Watson, right? Our guy from North Dakota State. Wears the same colors. Let's start with that, right? We already know he looks great in green and yellow. He looks great in green and yellow. He looks great. So we already know that. He is 6'4". 208, big kid, right? Big kid, 22 years old, going to turn 23. This rookie season ran a 4.36 40-yard dash. Marquez ran 4.37. So the same speed as Marquez, right? Bigger, bigger than Marquez, definitely. Much more useful, too. He is, and we'll get into that. RAS score, 9.96. That is very good. As in the twelfth highest ever recorded. Good. You know who's in front of him? Devin. No, Devin's pointing at himself. Oh, Devin not is me. not okay. in front of in front of him. Uh, actual Randy Moss. Uh, don't believe he was on that. But continue, continue. Can you give me a hint? Well, there, is there's. It, is it Tyler Lancaster? It, it's like, not what? Tyler Lancaster. I mean, there's the number one freak ever at the top, so you could probably start with that one. Like Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson, perfect ten zero. Perfect 10 Braylon Edwards is up there at 9.96 as well. Well, that's... Julio Jones is on that list. Yeah, that that's the kind of level you're looking at here. Just, can we throw out Braylon Edwards? Can yeah, but if, him to the side? if we take that for a second, Braylon Edwards had a good career. I mean, sure, but he was always underwhelming. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but he had some good seasons. He had some good seasons. But the vast majority of people on that list have turned out to be quality starters in the NFL. They mm-hmm. haven't all turned out to be great, to be Kelvin Johnson or Julio Jones. But if you're that freaky, 
generally you can at least find a spot in the league. And that's where I think his floor is going to be MVS type situation, right? I think that's his floor. If he can never figure out anything else in the NFL, he can still run straight catch ball sometimes, sometimes catch ball. When we drafted Marquez, and when you go look at his highlights, that is all that we saw. It's literally all he ever did. When you go watch this young man, you see him on jet sweeps. You see him hurtling people. Yep. You see him on bubble screens. You see him getting yards after catch, which mm-hmm. I love Marquez, but all he could do was pretty much run straight. I think in his career, he had zero yards after contact. Yeah. That's what it feels like anyways. You're 100% <laughs> right. So this guy is the the possibilities, what we can have with him. I mean, quite literally, and I don't I don't want to throw this out there, but I mean, we're looking at, like I said, a Julio Jones-level talent here, athletically. So James Jones went on one of the football shows. Okay. And he made comparisons for all of our Packer draft picks. Oh, I love that. Guess who he compared this young man to? Mr. Watson. Jeff Janis. No. <laughs> Do love that. I love the goat. I, I love Jeff Janis, of course. And we did take a receiver in the seventh round, so we, we did. do have some Janis vibes. Yeah. Jordy Nelson. Ooh, interesting. Except now, he's way faster than Jordy. Yeah, because Jordy was fast and deceptively fast, right? But this dude is he he is a fast, fast. So what I think's interesting about that, right, is they both did not have amazing hands coming out of college. Right? We have a history of, of drafting wide receivers that have the dropsies at times. Him, Amari, <clears throat> him, James Jones, Devontae, all early on in their career or out of college had drop issues. Christian Watson has drop issues. However, I think he's even more fluid than Jordy. Right? He is so natural as a ball carrier that they used him out of the backfield. They used him in jet sweeps, like you said. And he looks like he could be, I don't want to say a running back or anything, because he's definitely not built like one, but he's that comfortable with the ball in his hand. His junior year, he was an All-American kick returner. He's very fluid. Incredibly fluid in his movements. He just looks like he was born to have the ball in his hand running. My right? favorite part of us drafting Christian Watson, did you hear about who texted him first? Our boy Aaron, yeah. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers texted him first. Like, imagine all the people in your life, and Aaron Rodgers texts you first. Like, that is Awesome. Well, I think even the best part of us drafting him was that uh, Aaron Jones came out in a giant sombrero to announce the pick. Yeah. Oh, I did him see announcing that. It, it in a giant sombrero was amazing. And he's like, "Can't wait to have you. Let's get to work." Yep. Perfect. Love it. And I think another big thing, right, is he didn't have huge stats. And I heard a stat um, the other day that while during his time at North Dakota State, they ran the ball twenty five hundred times. 2,500 times. They passed the ball 1,000, right? That's not a lot of balls over four years to get spread around. So he didn't have crazy, crazy stats. Yeah, he played with some good players. He played with Easton Stick, NFL quarterback. He played with Trey Lance, NFL quarterback. He currently, or last year, he played with Quincy Patterson, who's a pretty good quarterback. But they just don't throw the football. And people assume if... You haven't seen them do it that they can't. Like mm-hmm. when we took AJ Dillon, right? Boston College didn't really throw to like him as ever, a running back. Ever. Like, oh, he can't do it. And now he's perfectly fine. Like, we were out God. He's great. Yeah, he's great out of the backfield. So one of the knocks on him is route running, but that's because he he never had to. He never had to run interesting routes. 
They just got him the ball any way they could, either 70 yards downfield or handed it off. And with that speed and how smooth his routes are, I mean, this LaFleur scheme, like, will scheme people open. You know, Lazard is in a great burner, and we can still scheme him open. <sighs> this kid's going to fly, man. I mean, that's why I said, like, year one, day one, week one, he's MVS, right? And that's what I see him as to begin with. And I think as the games go on, the weeks go on, I see just you start adding things to his plate, right? You start having run different routes. You start giving the ball on jet sweeps that little, that little pass, right? a little push pass start doing stuff like that but i think day one he fills mvs's role you start there and you see what he can turn into for sure and since we did pick up watkins and a few other guys we drafted later on like you don't just have to oh my god he has to be our x receiver because he's six foot four right you have the luxury to move him around because of how he drafted exactly all right i'm super excited for him i loved it i know a lot of people thought maybe george pickens but Christian Watson has the single highest ceiling, I believe, of any wide receiver in this draft. He doesn't necessarily have the best chance of reaching it. Um, but just with those tools, he's head and shoulders above everyone else, right? He's Drake London, except way faster. You know? He's kind of like Jameson Williams, but like four inches taller. Right? I mean, that's that's kind of what you're looking at from an athlete size perspective. The sky's the limit for this kid. Hopefully he can reach it or get anywhere close. And fun fact, his dad was drafted by the Packers. Very fun fact. Tim Watson in 1993, I believe sixth or seventh round. Never played on the practice squad, but hey, we're keeping it in the family, man. Welcome back, Mr. Watson. Absolutely. Welcome Happy back. All right. Next pick. Next pick. So third round, we took Sean Ryan, spelled kind of in a funny way, our... H-Y-A-N. Sean Ryan, yeah. So he literally can play any position on the offensive line? Yeah, at UCLA. He he was a left tackle, I believe, in college. And Primarily. We, we all know how much we love taking left tackles and then putting them literally everywhere on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. He seems to fit right into that, right? Strong kid. Another athletic guy, right? At tackle, his RAS score is 9.33. So but- the way the RAS scores work on the offensive line anyways is you can change positions, you know, right? And if you put them in as a tackle or a guard, they will be a different score than they are as a center. So generally, it just goes up because tackles are expected to be the most athletic, right? So to have that kind of score is is incredible. We're drafting big athletes everywhere, essentially, is what we're doing. He has great hair as well. He's got some long locks. He'll fit right in with Bach and Newman. I I mean, this is great. You're going to be a left tackle on this team, bro. Like, you've got to That's what's going to happen. I doubt he stays. He's going to be a left tackle, right? He's going to be probably a right tackle, maybe a guard. But uh, swing tackle, that term that we often yeah, use, I see exactly. that in his future. He could be the, the kind of Danny Kelly, much better, obviously, but kind of that role that we've had in the last couple of years. Rick Wagner, that kind of thing. Or even, uh, what's his face? Like Lucas Patrick. Granted, this guy's natural position is tackle, but he is a hell of an athlete. I and think the fact we that actually, we can move him anywhere across the line. We took our Lucas Patrick later in the draft, but we'll get to that. We got two Lucas Patricks, man. The lineman we took have so much versatility. It's incredible. This I is mean, the most excited I think I've ever been he for could offensive be, line. Because think about it, right? We have, a, and we'll kind of bring this point up once because we took several off, three offensive line. We don't need to bring it up every time. But you have Bach on the left tackle, assuming that he's still good to go. You have Elton, left guard or right tackle, probably right tackle. Right. When he comes back, 
And then you got the guards in the center. We got Josh Myers. That's done. You got John Ronnie Jr. who looks really good. And you got Royce Newman who like didn't suck as a rookie. He's got stuff to work on, but it was mostly mental side of the game. That'll come as you get more experience, you get more reps. I don't even know, necessarily know where any of these people start. It's going to be a fun shuffling of the offensive line for but sure. But the fact that with we have a large group of very versatile people that we can just put in the best five. Because except for Bach, they can basically all play anything. Him and Myers are probably the only two anchored, right? And then we're going to have five, six guys that are competing for three spots. It's going to be great. And injuries and do happen. So just the luxury. Oh, we know. We know. Yeah, with our like two all-pro guys <laughs> getting hurt like both the past two seasons. We know. On to the next one. Yeah. Obviously, we're going we're gonna to be a little quicker through some of the offensive linemen, that kind of thing, some of the less exciting. No offense. Uh, draft picks. We love you. I, like I said, this is the most excited I've been for offensive linemen. Oh, and, and I loved, for sure, two out of the three we picked. Next one. In the fourth round. May I start with a poem? Oh, God. Here, okay. Romeo, Romeo, where art thou, Romeo? Beat thy defender and score thy touchdown. Folks, in the fourth round, we took Mr. Romeo. I don't know if it's dubs, as in we're going to have some dubs with our boy Romeo, or daubs. I heard it pronounced in other ways. It's It's... <laughs> You guys are welcome. This isn't a math podcast, but I'll throw in some poetry for you. It's which, it's, uh, which, if I may say, his route running I'm is dying. poetry in motion. Oh, so it just works. Mike drop. Should I end the episode now? <laughs> I'm just. It, it's dubs. It's Romeo dubs. Yeah, we're gonna be seeing plenty of dubs, and my boy Romeo on the field. All right. I can. I'll talk some more because Luke can't right I, now. I I apologize, everyone. Man, six two. He's got some good size, so he can play the X. <clears throat> he can play outside. Yeah. But just like Watson, you know, he doesn't. He's not just a one trick pony. You know, you you can send him deep. You can send him on bubble screens. I think a, a knock on him was that he was from the Mountain West, which is why he didn't get as much coverage. Yeah, played in Nevada. You know, there's another receiver that I hear is pretty good, that also played in the Mountain West, that turned out to be okay. Yeah, went to Fresno State, right? Went to Fresno State. Yeah, yeah. His name is Devontae Adams. I'm not saying my boy Romeo was Devontae Adams, but just because you go to a smaller school doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go to the NFL, NFL and be trash. Like You no, still yeah. have a worse quarterback throwing to you. Like I was watching this guy's highlights, and there's so many times... Like, he has his guy beat by, like, two or three steps, and then he has to slow down. Which is kind of terrifying because Carson Strong was actually a pretty decent quarterback in uh, this draft class. But I know what you're saying. I, I saw the same thing. He was underthrown a lot, right? And like you said, some of the, the best wide receivers in recent memory went to smaller schools. As much as a, of a nutcase as he is, Antonio Brown. Central Michigan, right? Yep, Central Michigan. Um, Greg Jennings, Western Michigan. Speaking of Greg Jennings, that is who James Jones compares him to. That's not bad. I just hope he doesn't start to hate Aaron Rodgers like Greg Jennings does. But if it's just on that's the field comparisons, bad. that's great because he's not a freak athlete. He's just a smart player and a good route See, runner. I almost thought, and this is blasphemous, and I apologize in advance, like pre-ascension Devante. No, that's fine. Like or like year one, year two Devante. That's yeah. kind of what I'm seeing because he's, he's a decent route runner. He's actually a little faster than Devontae, about the same size. It's interesting. Giant hands, giant hands. Was a great punt returner. His first collegiate touch ever as a freshman. 
80-yard punt return. Are we just going to have like punt returners galore now? It's amazing. Hey, I'm here for it. The less we see Amari back there, the better. But just very consistent, deep threat. Uh, I love what I see from him. And honestly, I would not be shocked if he outproduced Christian Watson this year. This is really a big question for you right now. Yeah. Can I claim him as mine? Can he be my boy? Sure. Thank you. He's wearing 87, so that's a good number. It's solid. It is. We got a we got a lot of good numbers. We do. For some of these guys, yeah. We do. We didn't talk about it. Quay, number seven. Oh, love it. Beauty. What is, uh, is it like Watson 11? No, Watson originally was going to be number 82, and that's garbage. Oh, that's God. a terrible number. I can't even think of a Packer uh, in 82. Darius Shepard. Right, also from North Dakota State. Um, and then he ended up with nine. Solid. I like nine. That's fine. Yeah, I'm good with nine. I think I still prefer most of the receivers in the 80s, but I'll make exceptions. Yeah, especially if you're you're kind of an interesting character. If you're like a kind of freaky type type guy, I'm here for a weird number. He wore number one in college, but we don't we don't give away number one due to Curly Lambeau. So yeah, he was kind of a big deal, right? I don't know. Lambeau Field, folks. He was all right. If you but, didn't know, get out. But I think you're you're looking at here with Dubs at great. I don't want to say he's not a freak athlete. He's a great athlete. Good rest score, eight point two six, productive deep threat good enough route runner at the moment pretty decent release big hands i i think he could be really effective in this offense i guarantee that romeo has got a lot of heart okay okay <laughs> let's move on all right so what fourth round we go back to uh offensive lineman palooza guys that can you know play every position on the line you want to tell us about mr zach tom Oh, I would love to. I would love to. Zach Tom out of Wake Forest. He's, I really like Zach Tom. I know a lot of people had him actually in top two, three rounds potentially. He's a tackle. However, and this is this is why I love him, played center in 2019. Was like second team all conference. And then moved to tackle. That's, that's Packer guy written all over it. Literally all over it. 6'4", 304. So he's got decent size. Could probably beef up a little bit. 23 years old, when we talk about RAS scores, this is kind of what I'm talking about, right? 9.59 at offensive tackle. That's incredible. What an athlete for the offensive line position. 9.92 at guard. It's insane, right? Crazy athlete for the position. 10.0 at center. Literally the best athlete. Perfect. Perfect athlete at center. How does he How does he last that long in the draft? I just don't understand. I think because he went to Wake Forest. I mean, I... You think he was hidden in the weeds? I, which it forest? God, I'm on fire tonight. Oof. Try to I slow think, down. Like, Sorry. Have Have you seen the clips of him? Because they played Florida State. Do you see the clips of him against Jermaine Johnson, who went in the first round? Uh, edge rusher from from Florida State. Did you see any of those clips? Fill me in. Stonewalled him the entire game. Stole his lunch. Just absolutely nothing on him. Absolutely nothing. Beautiful. And I I love to see that. I think this is our Lucas Patrick replacement. He could play tackle, right? He could play tackle. He could definitely play guard. He can play center. He's going to be the true swing guy. He's the, I'm going to say Lucas Patrick, because I don't want to pile on too much expectations for this guy, but realistically, he's little Elton Jenkins. I heard that comparison as well. Yeah. He has the ability, I mean, 
between those two, they could literally be the entire offensive line by themselves. <laughs> Just put a couple cardboard cutouts out there. It's fine. Those two got it. <laughs> like that versatility and the fact that he was good at his position. He was a great offensive tackle at Wake Forest. All-American. I mean, just... I'm super excited about this guy. I don't even know where we're going to play him, especially not year one, but I don't really care. I love the depth. I love that he can play everything. Could be a huge asset to us, I think, going forward. We, have, Even if he's not as good as Elkton Jenkins, which he won't be because, like, no one is. If he has that kind of versatility... We were we would have won even more football games the last couple of years, right? That's incredible. I think he could play. He could start for us at most positions, depending on how exactly we move that line around. But I think he's our backup center day one. We mentioned you know needs in the offseason, needs mm-hmm. in the draft, and obviously the receiver was the big one. But yeah. we both talked about you know it's kind of under the radar that we lost ben braden we lost lucas patrick and then we let like let go dennis kelly like our offensive line was really really thin the starters are good but the depth was gone and i was like okay you know we'll probably pick somebody up and i thought i kind of had the feeling that we would just pick up people that i would feel like we're just going to be bodies yeah like what we thought yash was before he was good right Right. like it's literally just like me on scout team defense like yeah there's a body there but you're not going to really block anybody. Right. And these two guys are actually assets, which is great. Like you said, the versatility gives us so many options. It's kind of like the theme of this whole draft. A lot of versatility. Yeah. A lot of it. I think like Sean Ryan could be our starting right guard day one, potentially. He has that potential. And like I said, I think Zach Tom, you're looking at your backup center from the get go. Um, I I don't think he'll start necessarily at, at a tackle or guard position, but he could be that swing tackle if Sean Ryan ends up being playing guard for us, like getting snaps at guard. Maybe this guy's a swing tackle and the backup center. Like just the amount of pieces that will really help you keep your best five on the field even when injuries happen, right? Because if your fourth best lineman is your backup tackle, you're not putting him at guard if he can't play guard, Mm -mm. right? All of our backup linemen can literally play everything. (laughs) Swiss Army Knife. It's beautiful. And they're all great. And I think he's going to fit in amazing. Super excited. I feel like the value we got, especially from the fourth round down, even third round down, incredible. Incredible value. All these people, I think, can make an impact at some point. Love it. Love this pick. It's going to be great. Fifth round? Let's go to the fifth round. So, in the fifth round. I'm going to let you take this one away. You heard it. We did our mock draft. Didn't we do do two or just do one? We did two mock drafts, didn't uh, we? We both did one, so there's two total. Okay. I believe this player in the fifth round was the only person that we picked. I believe so. So, fifth round, 179 mm-hmm. overall. We mm-hmm. took Kingsley, who apparently goes by JJ. It's a little upsetting, I'm not going to lie. How would you say his last name? Ag- I don't even want to try it. Enigbare, maybe? Thank you. That sounds right. So this guy is six foot seven. He is a He's outs- six four, but that's okay. Six four. My apologies. Handwriting. Six four two eighty. Uh, this guy is actually could Ben compared to Zadarius Smith. Yeah, a little bit. I've seen Outside that. pass rusher. He can join the rotation with Gary and Preston. Now I did mock us taking him, but I think I had him in like the third or second round. You had him in the third. He was going along with uh, that was the pick I took, Drake Jackson. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people had either him or Drake Jackson kind of going to us in that. And Drake Jackson, that's when he went. 
He went exactly kind of where most people thought he would. This guy, however, fell. Now, remember in that mock draft, I took Drake Jackson, a little leaner, worst run defender, maybe a higher upside because he was an athlete. Mm-hmm. You took this guy, less of an athlete, more production. Yeah, he's he's a big dude. I noticed, too, that he does a good job of sealing against the run, especially mm-hmm. on outside runs, you know, like either counters or stretch plays. Like, he has good penetration using his power and his motor to push back the tackle. Yep. Like, there were tackle, there were plays where he literally threw the tackle into the running back on stretch plays. And I think that's going to kind of be his his thing going forward because he's not a crazy athlete, right? We're talking about RAS course 6.26, so mm-hmm. definitely not the level we've been talking about with everybody else. But he's long. He's really strong for his size. He's got what they call heavy hands, long arms. So I think what that means, to me anyways, is maybe you end up with a little Preston-y, right? They call him Zadarius, and I get that. But you know, maybe Preston's really good at setting the edge. I feel like this guy could be really good at setting the edge kind of long term. I know some he's been all over the place i've seen people talk about him being a terrible run defender some people say that's his biggest strength i some people say he has no pass rush moves some people say he has a ton of pass rush moves so it's a little all over the place but at the end of the day he was incredibly productive in the sec the hardest conference in the country he's gonna step in and be a solid third edge immediately that we're not embarrassed as on the field he feels like a luxury pick because honestly dude like garvin and tipa I wasn't embarrassed by them. I thought they did perfectly fine. Yeah. And this is someone that you would, you know, put him in on early downs. Yeah. Again, we're just thinking about how we're lining up with our big boys. Good luck. Good luck opposing running games because we got some beef up front. It's going to be great to see. It's going to be really interesting. He, uh, this is the kind of guy, he gets more pressures than sacks. Yeah. And Gary's been like that a lot the last couple of years where he's been almost leading the league in pressures, but he doesn't get home. This is kind of similar. Pressures also mean interceptions, incompletions. It's not a bad thing. I was just going to say, pressures mean the ball is usually not coming out as clean as it should be. And it's not like we might have the best secondary in the NFL. Correct. Correct. And if you create pressure, we got a lot of other people that can clean up your mess for you. And an all-pro middle linebacker and now a freak next to him. And my question is just, where are you going to go? Yeah, good luck. Where? Where are you going to go? Good luck. So I believe he'll be our third or fourth edge, you know, kind of coming off the bench, but I think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, he's not a freak athlete, but I, he produces. He's just one of those guys that through motor and strength, and he just, he just gets the job done, right? And if you can do that at a small school, maybe there's still question marks, right? But he did that against the best off- offensive tackles in the country. So I think he'll be able to get it done at least at some level in the next level. Seventh round we go? Seventh round we go. Interesting round. Interesting round. So seventh round, we started at 228. We took a safety linebacker hybrid, Tariq Carpenter out of Georgia Tech. And I will say, Romeo, Romeo is my boy on offense, but Mr. Carpenter is my boy on defense. Which is interesting because I don't think we're going to see him on defense ever, pretty much. We may not. We may not. So Mr. Carpenter is a larger safety kind of reminds me frame wise of cam chancellor again that's a very generous yeah six comparison. two two thirty he's he's a big guy back there six three okay well give, give him his height man six was three. he wearing cleats do we know it doesn't matter i'll call him up after the show I'll let you okay know. this guy usually plays more on the box but he d- does get some interceptions he's a thumper and you know i love my thumpers and you know mm-hmm. i love guys that make emotional plays mm-hmm. 
and then stand up and tell you about it, right? Like when EQ would do his reverses, yep. run somebody over, love to see it. This guy's the same thing. He'll come flying at the ball, break it up, have a good hit, and then he's going to let you know about it. He already talked to Joe Barry, and Barry mentioned that he thinks he's a great player, can see him playing multiple positions. Yeah. You could put him in the box as a linebacker. Yeah. He's not that dissimilar size from Horton Burks. Even though we're looks like we're leaning away from the three safety look. You know, we didn't re-sign Henry Black. Right. So right now we only have three safeties on the roster. Vernon Scott, yeah. Yeah. We have Ennis Gaines and like those other guys in Uphoff, right? That were in like the oh, practice Christian squad. Christian Uphoff, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. He's so actually I, kind of similar to Christian Uphoff. Yeah. Similar size. So I guess they'll be in competition for the, the fourth safety spot. Yeah. This guy definitely, like you alluded to, we're going to see him a lot on special teams. I think he's going to be a special teams ace for us, which is, hey, fine. The seventh round, I'm all for that. Yeah, totally. The, somebody was joking. I don't remember if it was Bukowski or who, but one of, one of our fellow Packer media members is joking that like <laughs> the seventh round was just like, all right, this is for you, Basaccio. Just like, who right. do you want, basically? Hey, I'm here for it. What else are you going to do at this point, right? We were talking about that before, right? right? When they signed him, we should be drafting. We should be getting guys yep. to play special teams because apparently we're bad at it. And it's important. This is one of the kind of guys where I'm not even sure I care what position he plays on paper. I will take all day long a 6'2 or 6'3, 230-pound guy that runs a four four seven and hits. I don't care what position you play. I'll take that guy. I'll take that athlete. We'll figure it out, right? That'd be great stats for a running back. That'd be good for a wide receiver. That's great for a safety. It's good for a little linebacker. So you can use him everywhere. Not saying we're going to use him at wide receiver, obviously. But special teams, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for athletes that are willing to put their body on the line. And having a safety linebacker hybrid that can run, that, that's perfect. Yeah, he's going to fit right in. I think the guys are going to love him, honestly. And Bring the he- best part, did you see that picture of him when he was young? Oh, yeah, in a Packers jersey. It wasn't just a jersey, my friend. It was the Super Bowl shirt from 2010. And it made me feel real old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I had the same thought process as well. One thing I did laugh at is I saw one of his interceptions on, like, a defensive back running with the ball, like, in one hand. <laughs> <laughs> that also may be partial to him, I'm sure. I love it. It's like, uh, like how Morgan Burnett used to do when he'd get the rare interception. All right. And then the other two picks that we have, I'm less excited about. So oh, we had three. We Yeah, the other two picks in the seventh round. Do we have three total? We had four total. We had four total. Did I miss somebody? Yeah. Okay, so we have, we had our boy Carpenter. Yeah. And then we have just another big, beefy defensive lineman, Jonathan Ford on yep. Miami. Who basically, right, I mean, him and Slayton fill the same role. 6'5", 333, ran a 5'4", literally a full second slower than Carpenter. Just a, just a giant man that gets in the way of things that's his only job maybe he makes the team maybe he doesn't i don't know how many kind of tj slain guys were hoping for at one point in time but really large human that gets in the way we have like six of them now right not quite that big but yeah yeah you're not wrong okay we, we can move on uh 249 we took offensive tackle out of penn state Rashid walker just again another flyer on an yeah. offensive lineman big 10 offensive lineman 66 313 Strong guy, um, really aggressive, kind of a nasty player. 
type of thing. So yeah, fly around him, see what happens. See if he can show up and not very athletic, so probably limited there. But you know, that's what the seventh round for. You're taking flyers on people. You don't know what's going to happen. I cannot believe I almost forgot. Probably combined of our favorite players of this draft. Our last pick. Yeah. Round seven. Mm-hmm. Two fifty-eight. Two fifty-eight. Wide receiver. Samore Torre. What a name. What a name. And he will wear number 83. Ooh. 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 Jeffrey Janis. Okay. So, Mr. Torre is he's six foot one. I would describe him as a deep threat. He spent most of his career at Montana. Is that a theme that we have here? Do you have threat? to be number 83 to be a deep threat? Well, or I was just, just going to say deep threat. so many. Yeah. Yeah. We're from none to just like every receiver's fast now. It's great to see it. Yep. Well job. Well done, Gutekunst. So when he was at Montana, where he started his career, he actually set a playoff record for like over 300 yards receiving. Yep. So people think, oh, okay, you know, that was playing against crappy competition. Mm-hmm. He comes to Nebraska. His biggest games at Nebraska were against Ohio State. He went four for 150 and a touchdown against Wisconsin, seven for a buck 13 and a touchdown. Both teams with good defenses. Both teams with good defenses. He's the best receiver. So, you know, in college, you do have such a discrepancy in talent. Yeah, that's true. Where it's like, okay, that's the one guy that can beat us. So, like, double and triple cover him. He still feasted. He did. That season, he finished with 898 yards. But what really impressed me was the 19 and a half per catch. Good. That's what I was going to bring up. That's incredible. That's deep threat. That's MVS type type stuff. It's even better than MVS. And he, uh, interesting thing about him is that Nebraska offense was terrible. Uh, he was literally the only good part of the entire offense was Samari Torre. So, yeah, he had a lot of attention on him. I think this is a guy that could, he could make the roster. He could be wide receiver six, wide receiver seven, somewhere in that range. Let's go there for a second. Because okay. I was thinking about it on the drive-in. Like, we were freaking out months ago about not having any receivers. And now I don't want to cut anybody. Yeah, so, like... Let's just say we keep, what, like seven maybe? Maybe. Seven, six. I mean, we just drafted three good ones. Mm-hmm. Lazard is an obvious keep. Yeah. Cobb, I think, is obvious. I mean, he's Aaron's best buddy. Watkins. Yeah. Amari. Amari would be seven. Yeah. That's, that's pretty crazy to think about. Does that mean you're going to try to get Samari Torre to the practice squad? I think the preseason is going to tell us a lot about that. It would be... Hard to keep seven, I feel, given the personnel we use. We don't go four wide. I mean, we'll see how Samari looks, but honestly, dude, I would always say put Amari Rogers in the practice squad. And I'm not just being mean to Amari. Like, the Romeo, 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 he can return punts. Yeah, We don't need Amari to drop him. Nope. So, we'll just, we'll just do somewhere else. We'll just I go think with- it all depends on the on Amari's growth this year and, and then kind of how the seventh round wide receiver plays, I feel. And then we still have Winfrey. We still have Malik Taylor floating around. So we still got those guys too, but I, we went from uh, a real dearth of talent in that wide receiver room to now it being, I don't want to say necessarily a strength, but it's certainly full of possibilities now. We got some fun pieces, that is for sure. Dude, and they can all run. They can all run. So that that's interesting. That's interesting to me to see what we do with that can't wait man honestly like i from where we were just a few months ago to all the excitement with these receivers even the offensive linemen the pass rush the 
Is it August yet? I mean, I feel super excited about it. I think that we really did what we needed to do, right? I mean, we shored up the defense, made it a hopefully elite level unit, right, in the first round. And then after that, it's basically a bunch of offense. Just stack that cupboard. It's got a little bare over the last couple of years. We got to replenish it a little bit. And it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see what we do with this. Yeah, history shows when we usually draft three receivers, at least two of them hit. Let's, let's hope it's all three this year. That would be outstanding. If you could have one critique of the draft, there is one position you would have liked us to address that we didn't or address more. Okay. What would it be? Tight end. I would have, but I, it's hard because I, while watching the draft, I kept seeing these mini runs right before our pick. Yeah. You know, I knew we weren't going to take one in the second, but third, fourth, fifth, maybe look at Jelani Woods. Um, the guy out of UCLA was pretty good. Rucker. So there, there are some guys there that were talented, right? Isaiah Likely from Eastern Coastal Carolina. Coastal oh, dude, Carolina. I would have loved him. See, I'm not. I wasn't a huge fan. He just kind of ra- he runs weird. I know nothing about his game, but the puns I could have. Ooh, I know, I know. He just he's supposed to be pretty athletic, but then watching him run like on the football field, painful. It just it was a little odd. It did not look like this was going to translate perfectly to the next level. I will trust your judgment on that. Yeah, one. it's just just something looks a little off. He's a big dude that runs fast, so hey, power to him. But a lot of those tight ends got taken right before we picked, or the kind of in the ten picks prior to our picks. So I wasn't surprised. But we have Roberto Grande, Big Bob, Tanyan, McKinney's own. Who's hopefully 100% coming back. back and healthy uh, and happy. Do, we don't know if he's come back week one, though. Mm-hmm. Right? We have Big Dog, who's just blocking. He's another offensive tackle. Do you think he's getting AARP? Yet or not quite yet. I think he's getting something in the he mail. He should be. Yeah, yeah. definitely. He, at least like a discount at Denny's. Probably at this point, right? We got your boy Dominique Daphne. That was sarcasm, if you guys can't tell. We have your boy Josiah. And Josiah was my boy. And we have Tyler uh, Davis. Tyler Davis. Can Tyler Davis take over and do something? That'd be please? great. Can he be the next big Bob? Can he just like get? Dominic Daphne off the roster. But like none of those people excite you. So I was hoping we'd have kind of another long term. If nothing else, because most of those guys we mentioned, not under contract next year. Yeah, that's a big thing I think Bukowski pointed out on uh Locked On Packers today. Was that yeah, like, you know, what's gonna happen? We'll see about Big Bob. Yeah. Like you said, it's a one year deal. We don't love what we said of Josiah. Mercedes has to retire at some point. He's basically just year to year. And that leaves you with, I don't know, Dominique Daphne's situation or Tyler Davis, but I, I can't imagine they're on long-term deals. So it, tight end's a position that takes a couple of years to kind of get your feet grounded, right, and really become a, an important part of an offense. Even the best tight ends in the league outside of, like, Kyle Pitts, even TJ Hawkinson kind of took a little bit to get going, and he was an elite prospect, right? Mm-hmm. So I would have liked to get somebody. So may, maybe he doesn't solve anything this year. But next year, yeah, you gotta you gotta put that in the oven and have it start cooking. Right, exactly, exactly. So th- that's what I would have liked. I'm guessing I stole your answer. You 100 percent stole my answer yeah. because we all know how I feel about Dominique Daphne. Yep. Um, yeah, Big Bob. I mean, we're hoping he's back. He's he's good. Mm-hmm. He's ready to go. But it would have it would have added a nice wrinkle too if we would have another tight end that we could count on like more than Josiah. Because there were times where we would like to put Big Bob outside. 
And I yep. feel like we do want to run more 21 personnel with two tight ends. Like, again, harping back to the playoff game, running 21 personnel with no Big Bob, and you have, like, Mercedes and Dominic Daphne. There's and, no. And I love Big Dog. I do. But you're not getting open when it's, you know, no. third and seven. No, you're you're getting open on play action bootleg when they forget that you're not a tackle. Correct. And I love you, Mercedes. I do. But it's just the truth. And Dominic Daphne, you just disappoint me all the time. Like, if something happens to me at work, you have some crazy patience. Will somebody on the show contact Dominic Daphne to be a pallbearer at my funeral to let me down one last time? Please and thank you. Kind of thought that would have been Josiah personally. I'll, I'll give them both a call. Half the tight ends can. Tyler Davis <laughs> and Big Dog, they can they can sit out. Same with Big Bob. He's fine. Yeah, those three, they're fine. So I'll, I'll let them know for you. No worries. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, that's really the only critique I have. But while, like I said, while watching the draft, it, was like, it just wasn't a good time for it. But that's okay. Maybe we'll just go five wide now because we have so many good receivers. Huh? That would be something. <laughs> Nobody saw that coming. <laughs> Plot twist. All right, my man. So... I think it's safe to say that we're both feeling pretty good about this draft. Yeah, I, I came out feeling better than I have in, in a long time. Yeah, it's nice to be excited again, you it know? Is, it is nice to be excited. All righty. Well, I, th- I think I'm going to wrap it up here. You? I, no, I'm good. I think we covered everything. All righty, guys. As always, we thank you so much for listening to our show. You guys really do make it. Until next time, go, go Paco. Pack go.